Hey everybody, I have a special podcast for you. I was lucky enough to be able to do an interview with Charlene's cousin, Carol Billings, and I'm going to bring that to you in just a sec. She found me through um, me finally coming out with my name, I guess, and starting to publish the blog. And um, we've known each other now for two years. It's been totally amazing. And I really feel like Charlene's story hasn't been told. And Carol, tonight, will bring you a little bit of that. Okay, now I've said tonight. It is tonight. But <laughs> we talked actually this morning. So here you go. Here's the interview. Hey, everybody. I have somebody special today that I want to introduce you to. Her name is Carol Billings, and she is Charlene's cousin. And Carol found me, right, Carol? You found me soon after. Right. And it's meant everything to me because the one person in my life who I didn't have a lot of uh, depth of knowledge, at least not her history, because we met her when I was a kid and then and then I and then I lost her and you lost her before I really got a chance to know her as an adult is Charlene. And you have provided me with so much background about a woman we both loved, but also knew pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to have more of her story. And so I'm so grateful for you agreeing to come on and do this, um, do the podcast and talk about Charlene and, and help fill in some of the gaps because I've been going through old news stories lately and we both know the colorful Charlene, especially near the end, who was, um, you know, who was always trying to find that thing that was going to make her feel, I think, love. Right. right. And, and so that's really the expression I think most people have of, of this woman as, you know, near the end, especially as the newspapers have reported it. And I know there's so much more to the story. And I've talked already a bit about Gladys Herzenberg, Charlene's grandmother, who was also your grandmother, right? And I do okay. let me Okay. Let me clarify this. They are not related to me. Okay, but okay, but Grandma uh, Gladys was my grandma. She still is to this day, and I'm 65 years old. And Charlene was my cousin, or depending on what mood she was in, I might have been her little sister. So that's the relationship that we had over the years. So okay, so take us back because we're talking about kid time, which is awesome, and then also into the teenage years, right? So you guys right. were what about about eight years apart? How many years apart? We're eight and a half years apart. Um, it, it, I don't know how much background you want me to give. I mean, most people kind of know the bad. She had a sad life. I mean, she really did, um, with her dad dying and everything else, and her mom leaving her. Um, so mom left after after Winslow died, right? Yes. No. 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 Sorry. Before? No. Okay. Mom left almost not too long after she was born. Dad was raising her with Grandma on his own right up until he died. So that, you don't have to be a psychologist to figure out right there 
losing two mm-hmm. parents, one abandoning you and the other dying so horribly. Right, right. And you're going to grow up, yeah, just empty, just feeling that loss. Absolutely. Um, yes. I mean, yeah, I, there's no avoiding it. it. It is all that that created the Charlene that everybody seems to know in the end. But that's not really, it, that's not really who Charlene was. Um, it, Grandma was a sweetheart. Charlene was fantastic to me, always. Um, how this all got, how it all evolved was my guardian ran the depot station in Camarillo. And at the depot station was the, it was the bus station, the train station, and grandma had a cab service. And so she parked most of the cars down at the depot because most of the people coming in were coming in to visit relatives at Camarillo State Hospital. So she was constantly running people out there. Well, somehow my guardian got involved, and that was just one of her, another one of her jobs. She started helping Grandma out, and that's how the whole family unit unit began. Was I was always left alone, just like Charlene was, and Grandma took over. I mean, she basically, like I said, she was my grandma. She was always there for me. Um, and so with Charlene, I sent you pictures and and you can see growing up until I left Camarillo at nine that we were inseparable. I mean, we, we wear the same Easter outfits and all sorts of things. So it was a very, very close knit family, even though we weren't actually family. Well, that's, um, yeah. but that constitutes family. So I'm with you on that one. Okay. And I, okay. Cause yep. Like I said, grandma is the only grandma I have ever known in my life. So, and she will remain so till the day I die. Um, Charlene yeah, well, was, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I loved Gladys. I mean, I didn't get to spend that much time with her. I only was around her for about, six or seven years, but she was always the kindest, um, yes. kindest lady. And she, and she just had a little, she had that spirit. When I hear these stories of what she used to do, I understand now why she had that spirit about her. She, she would make trouble with me. She, she was good at that. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yes, she was. And I, you know, after we talked yesterday and I, and I'm thinking back on some things and this was grandma. I mean, this is just the type of lady she was. I can remember driving down the highway, the 101, um, going to skating lessons. Um, and, and as I've mentioned before, Charlene was a competitive roller skater. And, of course, whatever Charlene did, I had to do. So I was taking lessons, and I don't remember if it was in Oxnard or or Ventura or where. But we're rolling down the highway, and the hood of the car flew up. 
And I can, you know, and grandma didn't panic. She didn't anything. She just squinted down in the gap and watched, you know, trying to get off the highway so she could put it back down. It's like, oh, my, that that was nothing phased her. At least she didn't let on (laughs) that anything phased her. You know, she she was a tough cookie. She was really a tough cookie. So, (laughs) Um. So Charlene and I, I mean, I I could talk years about Charlene because um, we had we had such a great time together. Um, some some facts about Charlene: she was afraid of thunderstorms, and it's not like you get many in California because you don't. But if one hit, she was on the phone calling that I had to come over to the house because she needed me there because she was so afraid of thunder. And here I am, eight and a half years younger than her. It's like, okay, what am I going to do? But, I mean, she always called. I, I need you here. I need you here. And so I'd get a ride over there. My, my guardian would take me over there, and I'd stay with him while the storm was passing. And then I can remember when she started driving, she started babysitting some of the doctor's kids that that were at Camarillo State Hospital. And the doctor's houses were up kind of in the hill part of it. And she, I don't know why she did it, because she was so scared to go there at night. So guess who got to go along? <laughs> and I can remember one of the houses the the whole back of the house was just solid glass and you looked out into this darkness and you could see nothing and she was always so scared of that and it's like again what is someone my age going to do for her nothing but it, but it comforted her and i guess that's the important thing so i think yeah that is the important thing yeah uh, she, you know you you shared one of those stories. It said she was she was afraid of the, there being a stranger outside, right? That was- yes. Yes. Um, I don't know if she watched too many horror movies. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But she always felt like there was someone, when we were up there babysitting, that there was someone out there watching her. That is maybe so- the creepiest story that you've ever told me because – it turned out to be so prescient that, yes. you know, there was someone watching her and yes. it's just weird. She was just weird. Yes. And she was probably, well, she was driving. So she was probably 16 or 17 at the time. So yeah, totally weird. Which, but that was, that was the thing. So she hated babysitting up there. Um, must've paid well. I don't know. <laughs> As a teenager, do you remember her being, because I'm wondering if she did get a lot of attention she maybe didn't want, because was she um, as, as bubbly and, you know, all the good traits that we hear about her, her effervescence, her, her personality bubbling over? Was absolutely. That how you saw her Ad, absolutely. Grandma um, turned the garage into what was then called a rec room. And Charlene had dancing parties there all the time. So she had a large circle of friends, male and female, 
I mean, I can remember because they they all were so nice to me. Even you know my age, her the the guy friend she had would always dance with me, would make sure I was included in anything that was going on. But yes, she she had a lot of attention just because she had that kind of personality. I can absolutely. Okay, good. That's what I was thinking, but I can absolutely see that because that's when she was good and on and everything was working out well, she was fun. Like she had energy. She liked, she was creative. She liked to do things and she was physical. She would be active. And I find the skating thing so interesting because it's so, it's such a, I didn't even know there was competitive roller skating. Let's put it that way. But that that became huge for her, right? That was really an important. It was important. Life changing. And I, if memory serves me right, and I'm sure I am correct on this, her skating partner was Guy Clement, her first husband, and they competed together. And they won, right? They were they were good. They were good. They were really good. Yes, yes. She she was excellent. And uh, Grandma would make her her costumes, and she had some beautiful, beautiful costumes. But you know, Grandma could do that because Grandma could do everything. I don't know that there is anything that Grandma could not do. So, um, yeah. And and as we know. We both know. If Charlene didn't get her way, things could get ugly. And she was like that with Grandma. She was like that with Guy. You know, that was just the way she was. I now call her, and only because I, I never realized that they were basically had a Jewish last name. I don't think Grandma was, but, you know, she was married to no, that's not right. Yes, she was. Um, but <laughs> I call Charlene now a little Jewish princess. But I, I never realized back then that that's what she was. But she was. <laughs> like, because there is like, And if we go with what that meant, what that means, or what it used to mean, it meant that you got what you wanted. You, you got exactly. You could command what you wanted, and generally you were indulged. And that that was Charlene. That was, I mean, there is not anything that Grandma would not do for her. If she wanted something, Grandma provided. And, yeah, she was spoiled. I, you know, I was too young to really, I guess, realize if she acted spoiled. Because to me, she was just herself. Right, but maybe 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 around other people, she was a spoiled rotten brat. I I couldn't tell you. She was never like that with me. I can tell you though. One, one, I mean, they both had personalities and and kind of butted heads at times. And I can tell you. (laughs) So Grandma, I mean, Guy and Guy and Charlene were pretty hot and heavy, and. Grandma decided, no, that was not the guy for Charlene to marry. She wanted to break him up. So she talked Guy into joining up and, of course, then going to 
Yes, and then, of course, going to Vietnam. And it backfired on Grandma because Charlene's like, mm, okay. And so she ran off and married him and moved to Florida with him where he was stationed before he went to Vietnam. And and Grandma was so upset. I mean, she was like, you know, that's not what I expected to happen, but it is what happened. So, you know, they they were they were a, a couple. They really were Grandma and Charlene. Well, it, you know, that kind of speaks to that part of Charlene, too, that um, – it's funny because when I think of her, she was absolutely did. There were things she wanted. And I was clear about those things too. All of us were, except I don't think that was, um, she showed that externally. I think that was definitely for family. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that what I want and I want it. But also that's the beginning of where we really learned that Charlene wasn't going to stop being around the guy she wanted to be around either. Like that, right. was, that became a theme in her life as well, which is, she was very attached to men and yeah and she would and she would protect that relationship even if it was in my dad's case she was with my dad but then also had a boyfriend so but that's that was that doesn't surprise me it just seems like that's what she needed to feel validated and to feel validated loved. yes yes um which we both know stems back from her childhood so um uh, what happened you know, in florida well, she stayed down there until he shipped out to Vietnam, and then she came back to California. So the Chris, there was a period where we left, we left California when I was nine, right after my ninth birthday. And there was a period where my guardian would not let me speak to them. And finally, after, I guess, three years, that changed. So... When it all came about that, okay, they're back into our lives, I got to fly out there for Christmas when I was 12. I guess I would have been in seventh grade. And Charlene was in Florida at that time. So I was there just with Grandma during Christmas vacation. So then the following summer, I went back out, and Charlene was back from Florida and back living in Camarillo. And I do believe, I'm not sure on on the years, but I almost want to say that that's when Charlene started working for your dad's law office. Okay, because she would have, well, she would have met Mike. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mike came over. Oh, that's right. But she was working. I forgot. She and my dad didn't end up together for at least five right. years. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, but I, I am pretty sure that that was the law office, your dad's law office, who is who she was working for when I was out there. Because I went to it several times with her. Um, and I could be wrong. It could have been a different one. But I'm almost positive it was your dad's. Um, so yes, she and your dad knew each other a long time. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And that's, that's what's so funny for me. Cause I, you know, even though she became my stepmother, she was in my life from, from as far back as I can remember, you know, as far right. as my memory goes back, she'd be somebody right. at the office for sure. And she was, yep. she was contemporary and modern and hip. Thank God. There was yes. someone who, you know, who was like one of the cool girls of the time instead of the yes. ladies, the moms. She wasn't a mom. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, um, my dad also 
but okay. So she, so she met Mike, and Mike was her husband then. Did you meet the Doyles? They're an amazing family. No. Um, I never met Mike physically, but Mike and I would talk on the phone all the time. And so I wow. got to know them pretty well through phone conversations. And when I was a senior in high school, she was married to him then, and she wanted me to come out and go to um, junior college at Santa Barbara, I think. But I would have had to stay with Grandma, and Grandma wasn't up to it. Grandma's like, no, I, I, I've done raising, you know, all I'm going to raise, and I, I can't do it. So I ended up not going. But Mike and I, yeah, we communicated all the time. Very, very nice guy. Um, so, yeah. yeah. He, uh, I, you know, I, it's so ironic. I think my mom talked with him at one point. But everything I know about the Doyles, and I met Mike's mom, I know, and I think maybe even his sister at some point, because Charlene stayed friends with them, which was – yes. It's a real testament to the Doyle family how how generous and kind they they are. Well, I, you know, but part of it's Charlene because even though mm-hmm. she divorced him, I am sure that Charlene was Charlene and she was super nice to them and they were a part of her family. Um, that's just the way she was. <laughs> I know that yeah. she and yeah, I know she and Guy stayed friends for years. Um, well, I say years. It, you know, when you're young, it, it it seems like years, and it might not have been years. <laughs> but, they, but they stayed friends. I mean, that's just the way she was. Everybody loves Charlene. I mean, you you couldn't get around that. It just she was just herself, and that's you know. Well, yeah, now that I'm an adult, I realize there's certain people on the planet who are um, like catalysts for bringing people together or creating a party or those kind of things. And Charlene definitely had that energy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the dance parties you just just spoke of um, don't surprise me that, that she would have been the person that attracted the crowd over and that would have been the person that made it happen. Right, right. Um, but again, it was Grandma making sure Charlene had what she wanted. So, you know, she she wanted a place to hang out with her friends, and Grandma made sure it was taken care of. And then Charlene had parties all the time, uh, you know. And I got to partake, so it was fun for me, too. So, you know, I had a good time. I, there's nothing better than being the little kid that gets to go. Like, that's so cool. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I, I can remember, I can remember the guys getting down on their knees so they could dance with me. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I know. Yes, just good times, good simple times. I mean, I know. Well, yes. I ended up with her yes. marrying her skating partner, but and you know, yes. no time. It's so surprising to me over all those years that Charlene didn't get pregnant. I wonder if 
she actually had a problem getting pregnant because she did, she was in marriages that seemed, you know, at the time stable. And I, I do think she wanted kids eventually. Well, I, I hear that now that she wanted kids, but I can tell you the last time I saw her in person and I was 22. So she was like 30, 31. She didn't want kids. I mean, she she made it plain that she did not want kids. Very clear on it. But, well, you know, she, okay. may have, she may have met the Smith kids at that point and said, no, these are a pain in the ass. I know she didn't know what we, we just scared the shit out of her, I'm sure. Like, just like, no way, no way. <laughs> well, that's true. She was married to him then, so... That's right. I mean, that would have put me, I I know the last night I talked with them, that was the week before they were killed. And for the first time, we actually talked about kids, although my dad was starting to get up there. I mean, he was 43 or going to be 44 in the next month. So if it was time, and maybe that's how they had found their way back together. Maybe they actually were saying, well, we built a house. Yeah, and we, I mean, yeah. she would have been, I mean, she was 30, she would have been 34 the next month as well. So maybe she was finally right. thinking time for a pivot. And, and that that could be, I mean, at 30, Charlene being Charlene, I could see her not wanting kids. But yes, as you, you know, that, that talk, that clock starts ticking and, and lots of women change their minds as they get into their mid 30s. So, and that could possibly be what happened. Um well, and her biggest pain in the ass, me, was going to leave for college. So, frankly, the Smith kids <laughs> didn't need – they didn't need to be around as much, right? We had started to get really busy because we were growing right. up. Right. So they yeah. could have – I think, you know, in terms of me having a half-sibling, we would not We would have been more helpful than destructive at that point. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Like, she could have done it without <laughs> having to worry about us. Yeah. And True. I know often they talked about Jenny could babysit, so – yeah. That. <laughs> so yes, you know, it, it just it, it could be that they worked it out and she was ready to have kids. And that's if that's the case, then that's a shame that she never got to fulfill that. Because um, I'm sure that child would have been spoiled rotten, just like she was. So yeah, you know when you talk about so okay, so the dark side of Charlene. We'll go there a minute. She okay. had a temper. She had a temper, a hell of a temper, yeah. I've seen it. And she had a, a voice that was fun when it was fun, but boy, when it was angry, it could scratch glass. Like you just knew. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you, you knew you were in trouble. And and maybe that's what she got, how she got what she wanted, because you just wanted to make that stop and get back <laughs> to being happy again. Well, maybe that's how she worked grandma. You know, grandma didn't want to listen to it anymore. So, okay, whatever oh. you want, you get. <laughs> that's right. So, so, you know, that's, that is, um, and, and I think, I don't, I don't think she was ter- a terrible Machiavellian personality that was trying to manipulate everyone. I actually really felt like she was a person who was just so lost for, for, for love, for trying to find the thing that would make her feel loved, even though right. so many people, she had so many friends and she, and it was easy for her to attract men, but somehow that didn't, that wasn't enough. No, no. 
And I think that's why there were so many affairs, um, so many marriages, so many affairs. Something in her mind was missing. And she just couldn't grasp it. Whatever it was, she just could not get her hands on it. So I, you know, I, I wish... I wish Charlene were around today, and I wish we could know her today to see how how things worked out for her, how she mellowed out in life. Not that she needed to mellow out, but, yeah, she had her moments. <laughs> like, oh, okay. yeah. You know, it's so funny that you said mellowed out because the one thing that last night I was with them, they were very different with me. I mean, I was finally an adult, and I thought that was the magic charm. But uh-huh. I often think about I would have really loved to have met a more mellow Charlene, which was bound to happen because, you know, you and I have done it. It happens. Yes. And, yes. and I just wonder how different it would have been for she and I if she if we weren't feeling so competitive, you know, if it had been more of that I adult think, to adult. I think, yes. And I think things would have been great between you two. It was just your age and, you know, your dad, you were, you kids were fighting with her for the affection of your father and, and, you know, that was just Charlene. No, I'm not going to share, except for she always did share with me, but that wasn't meant. So maybe that's the difference, (laughs) but yeah, I, I wish we could, I wish we had her around now because. I, I think she would be a completely different person. Oh, I, there's so many times I tell my daughter that she she and Charlene would have hit it off so well because Katie has a lot has a lot of interests that Charlene had very creative, um, yeah, just into fashion and style and all those things, and they would have had the best time together. And it, it is a shame because yeah, Charlene had that just her sense of style. And her excitement, I remember that she had, and you missed this, I think, because, well, gosh darn, you missed it. Charlene Charlene liked to wrap packages. She had a bow maker. This thing was a huge piece of equipment that she bought for personal use. And every year at Christmas, she would, if you could set a tree like you set a table, that Christmas tree would have these packages wrapped in the most incredible wrapping paper, I, and I can't find any pictures, and I'm really mad because they were stunning. These works of art she would create as presents. It, I can see that. It was a passion that. for her. It, it was such yes. a passion. But but was it a passion or was it? Because I'm kind of OCD when it comes to Christmas and and decorating and stuff. Was it more of? I've got to be. My things have to be perfect. Yeah, if people are going to look at them, they have to be perfect. You know, you you nailed it because that was everything. I mean, that was her clothes. That was the jewelry she wore. Yes. That was the car she drove. That was the house she owned. That was the compulsion. You're right, that compulsion to, I, ta- I make the joke about Charlene would take the glass away before you could finish the soda. Like, it, there was just constantly... It had to, everything always had to look. Appearances were everything. Everything, yes. Everything. Yes. So you're yes. right. I mean, when I think of the house, they had this the big joke with my brothers and I was that Charlene ordered a leather couch for the family room. 
she sent three of them back because they arrived with a flaw. So then when the couch, when we finally got the couch in the house, that was so true. We were not allowed to sit on it because we would scratch it. So, and the joke is, of course, when they died, that couch got moved to my mom's house and became, we were all teenagers, that couch became a bed, a flop house, a fighting thing, a wrestling match couch. We ate on it. We did everything on that couch. It was everything you ever wanted to do on the couch we could finally do. But at Charlene's house, in fact, the whole front of the house, I've often described their house on clear, on, um, but in Clearpoint is that the back was the bedrooms and the family room and the kitchen. And we were kind of allowed in the back. But the front of the house was a formal dining room and a living room. We were not allowed to go in there. That oh, I know. The, the, the time that I went to the house, and that, that was the last time I saw her, and we went to the house, and everything was just perfect. And I can still remember that little child's rocking chair. And I know you guys never got to use it. Of course, you were older right. anyway. But, <laughs> but no, no, no. That was there for a reason, but not for sitting. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Maybe <laughs> Tiffany got to sit in it. Jill Karen's kids might have got to sit in it because Tiffany was special, which is cool. I mean, I knew Charlene just adored Tiffany and Brett. Yeah. Um, so maybe she was allowed. But Tiffany was also perfect. So there you go. I mean, she always... Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. 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 None of those dirty Smith kids, which we probably, yeah, that's probably what we were, the dirty Smith kids. Um, always in trouble and never clean. So <laughs> and I remember it so well. So did you know when, when did you hear from her much when she married dad? Did you because we you know that wedding was a surprise to the kids. We didn't know they were getting married. Actually, had you been talking no. to her? Um, no, I had not talked to her for a couple of years. Um, and then I went out to California for another reason, and of course I called, and and that's a funny story too, because. I called to track her down because I can still remember that phone number to this day, 102-5250. That was grandma's number. Now, I'm 65 years old, and I can remember that number for whatever no, reason. Wait a minute. Okay, wait. Hunter, for those people that are listening to this that have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they used to use words for the previous. Yeah. And yeah. that was the first three numbers, right? Was it, it, Sometimes though, we used to be able to dial just with one number as a prefix, I think. Well, I was thinking just, hers was H-U. They, they used that. Okay, it is two, right? That's right. It was two, and then it was yeah. one number plus four. Right, okay. Yeah. Hunter, yes. And you said it was Hunter 252250. Hunter 252250. <laughs> That's a great number. <laughs> so... I called the number because I, of course, remembered it. And I was staying, um, I was visiting in Long Beach, and I went to track her down. And there was a housekeeper at the house and very, very secretive. Um, She did finally admit when I tried to explain who I was and stuff, and she said that grandma was in the hospital and that she would call and get a hold of Charlene 
and Charlene could call me because she would not give out the phone number. And at that time, Charlene, they had made their number unlisted. Well, Charlene told me the whole reason for that is because, once again, some guy was stalking her. That's interesting. Here's here's Charlene. And this is all the things I told the detectives when I talked to them because it was an interesting conversation we had that night. And this, this guy who supposedly was stalking her, um, she had told him she was uh, a flight attendant. They told the stalker. I told the stalker that she was a flight attendant. Now, did she have have an affair with this guy? I have no idea. We didn't get into that deep of details, but she had told. I mean, she fantasized about her whole entire life. Never told him one true thing. Because she was married to your dad at the time, and he wouldn't leave her alone, and so they were being extremely secretive on where she was, what her phone number was, and all of this. Okay. That's so interesting, because I just read an article where someone else was talking about, uh, another friend of hers, they told the reporter in Ventura, so I um, have been going through old articles and they talked about this flight attendant thing and that she had spent time in Tahoe and other places. Well, I know she and my dad, Alaska and Hawaii. Now I know my dad uh-huh. and went on trips and I know they did go up to Tahoe because my dad's stepmother, ugh, I don't care for her, but my dad's stepmother yeah. had a cabin up there. And, and um, I know they signed a guest book saying they had been in and out, which um, they would have done just, it was a be free place to stay, but I could see Charlene sure. being able to create that illusion uh-huh. because they were traveling and so she could send messages from other places or postcards or things because they were traveling. Yeah. Yes. So it's so interesting. You know, you just made me, re- yeah, go ahead. I know you just made me remember a story that I'll share in a second. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, no, it's just, you know, that's just Charlene. It, it's a part of her Mystery, because she obviously could easily play other people. If it suited what she wanted, or maybe she just wanted a fantasy life, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I I do remember that, that she was so afraid of this guy because this guy would not leave her alone. And... I was like, okay, Charlene, <laughs> you know. Wow. Well, it's okay. So the story you reminded me of, because this speaks again to to her nature and how impulsive she could be. We had all the family, meaning my brothers and I and my dad and Charlene had all gone to Big Bear Lake for a vacation. We had done this once with another family friend of ours. And so we went up to the cabin and it, it was regular like rental cabins at a hotel kind of cabins and while we were there one night my dad got really mad at my brother and it was really typical of my dad to get mad for all the wrong things like you could break a window and he wouldn't bat an eye but if you happen to talk back to him in the wrong way he'd lose his shit so Uh my dad got really mad at my brother and Charlene then got really upset with dad 
Well, she left with our only car, and she didn't come back for a day and a half. We were there. I, I mean, I remember being freaked out because I was old enough to know that this was a big deal. My dad cried for a day and a half, which was also unnerving as hell, and I had to just kind of keep it together with my brothers. And um, and she just disappeared. And the word was later that, of course, she had gone to see some other guy. So anybody who knows the Charmaine timeline can figure out who she was with when. But she basically left for a while, went and did her thing, and then, thank God, came back, because I don't know how we were going to get home. But that was that was when I realized that my dad did not have any control. And I had always perceived him as having all the power. That's how he was with my mom. But finally had a woman that he didn't have power over and it was really it was really crazy I mean that's when I was like they're in a crazy marriage like that's a crazy relationship I don't think they were married yet but I just thought this is this is crazy town like this is not normal people don't do this to each other and they were just not high drama together yeah this just shows that nobody controlled Charlene but Charlene and that's just the way she was that is, that was how I experienced her as well. I mean, that where when we fought, it was when we really fought, it was typically over an issue of control. Where mostly it was, I am the adult, she would say, and you are the child, and basically kids don't have any standing. But it was absolutely around control stuff. Uh, so I I get it. I mean, I I totally get it, and it it was different than anything I'd ever experienced. My mom didn't, my da- my mom would stand up to my dad, but it was usually about something reasonable like budgets or like pragmatic things, not, not this kind of emotional drama. That's what I wasn't used to. Yes. <laughs> lots of feelings, lots of emotions. Yes, yeah, Charlene, what I would say, is very, was very emotionally driven. Yes, yes, she was. Um, well, I want to end on a high note. So, okay. What, you have, do you have a favorite story? Do you have a, um, because I do think, you know, she's just a, a woman like all of us with her pluses and minuses and flaws and imperfections. God knows we're all a hot mess. Um, but any story that you can remember that, that just was something you'll always remember as a delight? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Well, and the problem with that is every time I wish was with Charlene, it was a great time. I, I, you know, I can't think of any, any bad times that I had with her. And the same with Grandma. Um that grandma was just just that fantastic, and she always treated me like her granddaughter, even though I was not related. Um, we we talked before about grandma had a brother named Truman, and he was an attorney up in San Francisco, and grandma. Grandma was just always took care of me. So they, I love Christmases and Thanksgiving with them because it was always great. It was a great family time. And so 
they would go back and from San Francisco to Camarillo on Christmas. They would share it. And, and so one year we'd go up there and, and you hear me say we. I'm not even part of the family. And, and we would go up there. And I know one year, for, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but as soon as school got out, Grandma put me on a plane and sent me up there by myself so I could spend my whole Christmas vacation up in San Francisco with Uncle Truman. They drove up. Me, I got to fly. And I was like probably six or seven years old. That's just the way they were a part of my family. Um, That's the coolest story. I I love that story. We would go to Disneyland together all the time. We would go to Long Beach together. I think that's where, isn't that where the uh, pier was? I don't know if it's even still there. Yeah, there was the Long Beach Pier and the the Queen Mary. There was a... It was um, Port to Call, I think it was called. Okay, okay. And we would and go there. Charlene did take us there. Charlene took us there. That was an important trip. So that now that now I know why. That that goes back to her yep. childhood then with you. Because she took us. Yeah. It was called Port. It's, now that it's all over. It's not overdeveloped. It's redeveloped. And it's very different yeah. down there. But I remember that Port to Call and the, and the ship. Oh, I have pictures of us getting on that roller coaster. You know, we're we're just getting ready to go on that roller coaster that went out over the ocean. And that oh my gosh, I don't know if that's even, still there. It probably isn't. It. it probably oh, isn't. Cool. It was an old wooden roller coaster. Of course, they were all wooden back then. I guess I'm that old. <laughs> 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 and people seek those out these days. Those are considered searchable. <laughs> desirable destinations now those old roller coasters so there i know there's one in houston that's just you know there's nothing like the sound of an old wooden roller coaster to scare you to death that's right i love we have that clickety clack in santa cruz we still have one of those old roller coasters yeah yes but yeah i mean we spent charlie and i spent so much time together and she never ever made me feel that she didn't want to be around me, even though I was eight and a half years younger than her. She, we always had a fantastic time together. So, well, I'm, so you, so you, we talked for the first time ever after the arrest, because I guess I finally put my name out there and you were able to find me. But when you had heard that they had been killed and you did talk with investigators, it sounds like it just must have knocked you over. Well, what had happened is, you know, I got married. I had kids. Um, We didn't stay in touch after grandma passed away. And I I went out for a Christmas vacation and... We went by Grandma's house, and the sh- what who used to be the sheriff of Camarillo lived right up around the corner. And so every time I went to town, I would go visit him. So I went up there to visit him, and we were sitting there. And, and of course, I said, okay, I went by Grandma's house. How's Charlene doing? And that's how I found out. Oh, my God. 
oh my God, you didn't even, of course you wouldn't have known because know. it didn't, news didn't travel like it does now. Right, um, right. I had no, no idea. Oh, no idea. So sorry you heard like that. Oh. And so, yeah. Of, so, of course, in, in the conversation, it came up that I had just talked to her a few years before, had been in town, and, and we had spent the day together and stuff. And so, yes, the detectives called me to see what I knew. So, not like I would know that much, but, you know, they did confirm the story about the stalker when she was a flight attendant. Um, So, actually, I talked to the detective several times, and uh, I think that was before the arrest of the ex-partner. Yeah, Joe Alsip. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's I think I'm clear in going back and looking at the historical stuff that they were there were so many things to chase, partly because of Charlene. I mean, both Lyman and Charlene had had their hands in everything. Just, every, yeah. I mean, they couldn't have led more complicated lives. Yes, yes. Because I remember when I, when we met up, she was driving a, I want to say Cougar. And your dad was driving maybe a Lincoln? It, if it's made by Ford, yeah. He would be always driving a Ford of some kind. Ford well, Lincoln, he, I don't know. Yeah, I, her, I'm positive hers was a Cougar and his was a Lincoln. And so the story went, and, he, and this just adds to the mystique of both of them. The story went... She told me, she goes, yeah, we're paying $25 a month for my car and I think like $35 a month for your dad's car. And I'm like, you know, how can you do that even back then? Well, of course, he had some connection with some guy who thought was, the police thought was kind of shady. And I'm like, oh, my That's God, you know, Coco Corral. <laughs> just thought, oh, okay. <laughs> part of our life forever. And Coco was always... Kind of shady is how they say it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that was, it, there was always a deal and there was always a negotiation or a barter or something. There was. Always yeah. 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 So, uh, so. Yeah. You even knew about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did lead. It, no wonder the investigators nearly lost their minds that first year because there was just so much to chase. And, and it's why. I grew up believing, not blaming them for being killed, but believing somehow they had done something to someone at some point. One or the other of them had somehow pissed someone off so hard because that's that's how active they were in doing stuff. And you would would think that. I mean, even what little I knew, I was like, okay, which one of them? piss somebody off. So, you know, I have to say that was when we first talked, that was the most validating thing. When I first talked with you and I thought, okay, I'm not the only one that just thought, where did they cross the line? Like what happened? Because it was that, um, not, I don't want to say crazy, crazy, but it was that colorful. Definitely that colorful. Yes. 
Yes, very much so. And now we look at it today and we know what happened and it's just horrific. It's horrific. I know. Yeah. And I think I've never, um, of course, meeting the other survivors, as we've talked about, it, it helps me understand what Charlene went through, which just it sickens me. I mean, it's just so hard. And I, and I really do, I talk to her, if that makes sense, but I do talk to her and say, I get it. And I'm so sorry. And I want you to know I'm still fighting fight because, God damn it, neither of you deserve this. I don't care what you did, neither of you deserve this. No, and, you know, the, the, the sad part is I, when I talked to the sheriff and he told me that they had been bludgeoned to death, and that's all he told me, and it was not until... I think 2002, that's something, when when they linked all these rapes and murders together back in the DNA, that's when I first learned what happened to Charlene. I yeah, never knew yeah. the extent of the I attack. Think I mean, in a weird way, that was the gift you and I had for two decades. We lived with it knowing, we saw it thinking it was really just this horrific murder right. and not really knowing what else happened until, right. right, until then the dots got connected and we learned, oh, no, it was so much worse. And, so yes, worse. and then I I just, to this day, it, it makes me cry all the time because, God, what they went through, not just your dad and not just Charlene, but what what Charlene went through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the prolonged it, it, agony. I know. It, yeah, that's the that is the part of the story that it's been that I've had to deal with. You know, yeah, both of us. But I mean, I, I feel like I was a kid. And then suddenly as an adult, I suddenly went, oh, my God, I understand this at a whole different right. level. Right. That and the fact that, that your sucks. dad, yeah, and the fact that your dad had to be a witness to it all—it's it, it, mind blowing. I mean, it's just this guy is—he is the devil. Uh, yeah, and if he, and, and, and yeah, it, it, people think I'm crazy because I'm calling the Sacramento County Jail to make sure there's no coronavirus there yet. But it's like, God damn it, no, he is not getting out of this this easy. God damn it, no. He needs to at least sit in a courtroom. I mean, just, oh, Yes, yes. So many of us deserve to have him sit in that courtroom. So if it's weird that I say a prayer for his life every day, uh, yeah, I do, because I need him to be here oh. for a little longer. I understand. Uh, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Carol, this has been awesome. I People needed to understand Charlene so much, and this has really helped and I think filled in much more of who she was and how uh, how important she was to you and how fun she was and all of that. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about her. I mean, just I've loved having this new relationship with you for the last two years, so thank I, you. I know, I know. I, Odd that we we are friends now and we communicate, but you know, there's always got to be something good that comes out of horrible things. So you know, and, uh, but, yeah, 
And just knowing your grandma, like I just know, I just it's not it's wonderful to me to have the dots connected and to have this this these things in common. Well, it was like when you sent me that picture of her, and I'm looking at her, and I'm going, "That's not grandma. I never saw that woman frown in my whole entire life." (laughs) Well, for anybody that's listening, the the picture it's the company she's keeping at the moment that's (laughs) making her frown because I would have been frowning too had I been in the picture, but I wasn't. But yes, she happened to be um, uh, sitting through a a meal with somebody who was unpleasant. So. so funny she's frowning and I have to tell Carol it's not her fault it's not her fault I don't recognize her either this is not how Gladys looks so yeah but uh, yes that other person always had a way of making all of us frown but that's okay I, I didn't have to be there I'm glad I wasn't there with Thanksgiving I didn't have to be there yeah. like I was having well, cheapy dinners with my mom yeah this has been great I'm glad I didn't start crying because I feared I would you know I am just I, I am sad that I only had her for 22 years of my life because, and and there were gaps in there, and yeah. So, but you know, I I cherish my last visit with her um, because it was great. It was it was just like we we it was like we were never apart. But she was very open about her life and. I cherish that last last day we spent together. All right, that's it. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions for Carol, go ahead and comment. Um, probably easiest to send me something on Twitter or go ahead, go to the uh, website and get my email and send me a note and I can ask Carol some questions if you have any. Now that you know how she knew her and how much time they spent together growing up, it's meant a lot to me to have these stories from her and I hope that you've enjoyed them as well. Until next time. Some people say this town don't look good in snow. You don't care, I know.